Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Is indeed Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson here in San Francisco, all the way back in the East Coast. Carol Masser, uh, getting ready for Memorial Day? Yes, I am. Grilling? Uh, no. You told me no movies. No grilling. I don't know what we're doing. Just going to be outside, I hope. Hey, coming up next, um, looking forward to this. Uh, this individual has a new book out. It's called Friction, Passion Brands in the Age of Disruption. Uh, we're going to talk with him. He's worked with uh, all the well-known brands, but uh, we'll get his thoughts in just a moment. Let's get back, though, to your top business stories. Here's once again, Charlie Pellet. All right. Thank you very much. And we are looking at an update here for the S&P and NASDAQ. Records for both. The Dow lower little change down two points, but the S&P 500 index now at 24.15, up by a point today. Year to date, up 7.9%. NASDAQ up 5 to 62.10. Again, today, of a one tenth of 1%. The YTD number for NASDAQ, 15.4%. So, stocks moving higher today as investors assess data that showed the U.S. economy to be on firm footing. Julian Emanuel is executive director for U.S. equity and derivative strategy at UBS Securities. And he was interviewed this morning with Tom Keene and David Gura on Bloomberg Surveillance. Over the last seven or eight years, because all the numbers that we're looking at are so low, interest rates near zero, GDP growing below 2 percent, volatility now below 10, that the real thought there is the difference between 2 and 3 percent GDP isn't 1 percent. It's 50 percent. Gold up today by 10.30 the ounce to 12.66, up eight-tenths of 1%. Crude oil close now to $50 a barrel, back at 49.78, up 88 cents, a gain there of 1.8%. On-demand food delivery startup Sprig Inc. is shutting down. It cooked its own meals in-house and delivered them with drivers. Others like Spoon Rocket and Maple have also shuttered in the last year or so. Recapping, stocks at a record. S&P up a point to 24.15. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you very much. Charlie Pellet with a Bloomberg Business News Flash right here on Bloomberg Radio. Passion. The book is called Friction, Passion Brands in the Age of Disruption. It's written by Jeff Rosenblum, who joins us right now. And Jeff, what is a passion brand? A passion brand is a brand that absolutely dominates the competition. These are the brands that don't just have customers. These are the brands that have armies of evangelists. These are the brands that charge exorbitant prices, but they have unwavering loyalty. And the bottom line is this. These are the brands that fight friction, and these evangelists carry the brand message forward better than advertising ever could. Is it where some of the retailers kind of messed up that they, I don't know, didn't carry their brand message forward well? You know, retailers got put in a tough position, but at the same time, they could have become a passion brand because it really comes down to this. Passion brands fight friction. They remove those things in life that hold you back, right? Friction is, it's, it's anything that gets in the way of your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations, and even those mundane day-to-day goals, right? So to your point, Amazon is an e-tailer, not a retailer, but at the end of the day, they fought friction. They made purchasing a lot more transparent and a lot more convenient. And I think any retailer could have done it, but they got beaten to the punch. 
Is this uh, something that the companies can reinvent once they've already lost it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think the point of friction in our book is to say this is a long-term framework. This is not how to succeed with a very cool trend or fad that's taking place right now. This is brands have unlimited access to data, unlimited access to technology, unlimited access to touch points like social media and mobile. They need a framework, and that framework is really simple. It's about fighting friction. Or another way of looking at it is inversing that model and saying it's about empowerment. Empowerment is fighting friction. And the old way of doing it is interruptions. Buy tons and tons of advertisements and build your brand. The problem is now we're asking advertising to do too much. People avoid those ads, and they're looking for something bigger and bolder from brands. It is interesting how advertising is, is changing in that regard, that, that, that you know, ads don't, don't show off products. You don't see, like, the, the Gillette ad that shows you the third, you know, razor pulling a little, the, 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 the hair a little further and cutting it better and the, the new and improved Tide soap or whatever. It just seems like the, the ads are much more tongue-in-cheek because the, the old message just didn't work. You know, I think what you're seeing is a little bit of desperation. And the bottom line is advertising still can do incredible, absolutely incredible things for brands. We're just asking it to do too much, right? Because of search and social and mobile technology, unlimited ratings and reviews, brands are completely transparent. So when you say that new Gillette razor is new and improved, well, you know, people are going to find out whether it's new and improved. They're going to do their own research. They're going to read the articles, watch the videos, look at the ratings look at the reviews. So advertising can still build awareness. It can still build a little bit of excitement, but it doesn't have to carry the whole brand message anymore. Jeff, what was the point of you guys writing this book? You know, I've worked in advertising for about 25 years now. I created a documentary about four or five years ago called The Naked Brand. And what I've learned is Advertising is going through a revolution because the way that consumers communicate is going through a revolution. We look at our mobile device every four and a half minutes that we're awake, right? So if consumers go through that revolution, the way that brands communicate with them has to change. And that's what we want to get out there is help brands understand that we're asking too much of advertising. We have to create content. We have to create experiences. We have to do things that are much more immersive and engaging so that advertising doesn't have to carry forward the entire brand story. Or you need a great influencer on social media who's got a ton of followers that, you know, just says, I wear this, I like this, snap a picture, wearing this, whatever. I mean, that has a lot of power today. It does, but it goes back to your earlier point about needing a sort of a framework that works in the long term. More and more brands are hiring these influencers yeah. and saying, hey, take a picture with my shirt, take a picture with my razor blade, take a picture with whatever new product I'm buying. It doesn't work extremely well in the long run. It will build a little bit of awareness. It'll build a little bit of excitement. But really, first of all, you need a superior product. But more than that, you need a superior experience from end to end. So at the end of that, you get true influencers, right? Uh, Kardashian. Kardashian will be slightly influential to the three of us having a conversation right now. Especially to me. No, she's uh, absolutely. Abso yeah. No offense. Especially to me. But she is not influential at all to me right now. Okay. Or ever. Well, we, yeah, we <laughs> could put in whatever famous name, right? You know, Brad Pitt, whoever. Whoever works for each of us. It'll work slightly well. But the person who's really influential is our dear friend. It's our sibling. It's our parent. It's our kid. It's somebody that we really trust. 
And when they give us advice about a product or a brand that they love, we listen. As a matter of fact, those recommendations are 12 times as trusted as paid advertisements. So, yeah, a paid influential will work, but you really need to earn true influence. And that comes down to improving people's lives one small step at a time. Jeff Rosenblum, the book's called Friction, Passion Brands in the Age of Disruption. It's a very cool book. I'm going to see Nike sneakers and Outlander, and Carol will be all over our Nike sneaks. Now we're talking about influencers. This, this is, is Bloomberg. Bloomberg. See, Dana Mitchell right now, speaking of Bloomberg, this is our Bloomberg News uh, Bureau, 99.1 Studios in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Corey and Carol. G7 leaders are getting ready to sign off on what will be a pared-down statement at the close of their meeting Saturday. Bloomberg News reporter Matt Miller says the brevity reflects divisions between the president and the six other leaders. They really want to work together to get things done, but they just don't know what to expect from President Trump, given that he seems to go one way on an issue one day and the other way on an issue the next day. Um, also, obviously, he's not a traditional politician, so he's not following any of the protocols, any of the community communication routes that they're used to, so they have to learn a whole new way to communicate. Officials say the G7's final statement could be about a third of the length of last year's 32-page statement or even shorter. Tensions have arisen during the G7 and NATO summit over trade and climate change. The Washington Post reports the probe into Russia's role in the 2016 campaign is focusing on meetings held by White House advisor Jared Kushner. We're not saying that he is going to be charged with a crime. We're not saying he is the target of the investigation. They're certainly looking at uh, Paul Manafort and Mike Flynn, too, but but sort of put Jared Kushner up in that in that class of people who they're interested in. Post reporter Mark Zapatowski. Former House Speaker John Boehner says aside from international affairs and foreign policy, President Trump's time in office has been a complete disaster. Rigzone reports and a spokesman confirms the comment at a Houston conference. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Adrian Mitchell.